welcome to the Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shoutouts, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Welcome back to Fracture Line, everybody. We're really excited yes. to have on Dr. Patrick Greffenstein today. Griff, it's gr- always great to see you. It's great to have you on. Just remind the listeners who you are and where you are right now. I'm uh, Patrick Greifenstein. I'm a uh, trauma surgeon in acute care and surgical critical care a surgeon in New Orleans. I'm at LSU in New Orleans, based out of University Medical Center. To be specific, the Norman E. McSwain Jr. Spirit of Charity Trauma Center in lovely downtown New Orleans. It actually is very lovely right now. <clears throat> and I, uh, I have been a CWIS member from its inception. I'm very proud to have been there from the baby CWIS. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for having me. Who thinks our guest pronounces the name A, Griffenstein, B, Greifenstein, or D, Griffenstein? He pronounced it a different way, but I'm not sure that's right. So which way is... I say it, Greifenstein. See, that's not what he said. He said Greifenstein. He did. Okay. That's the first okay. time I've ever heard anybody pronounce it that way, including Dr. Greifenstein. So which is it? <laughs> So in both cases, the E-I is an I sound. Greifenstein, Greifenstein. In German, it is. That's the rule in German. E-I pronounced I. You know what? This was cultural and a good time. I like it. I feel really good about this podcast so far. Let's get back on track because I had some questions for Patrick. So so Griff uh, or Greif, should we call you Greif or Griff? That's it. Go around here, call me Griff. I like Griff. It's easy. It's well-worn. All right, Griff, that's. So, so Griff, you're you, for a while you've been the name of the game in patient outreach, and, and you're uh, you're retiring from that position this year. Yes, I'm, I'm gratefully and thankfully passing on. Talk, talk to us about what that was like for you, and who's taking over for you. Yeah, you know, I'll have to defer to Sarah Ann uh, as to who's taking over for me because I don't recall. That totally makes sense. It's Melissa Webb, a PT okay. from Australia, and she's been on the committee, but she actually represents our first. Um, non-surgeon committee chair. So we're pretty that excited. Awesome. I think this will be kind of cool. Is she as familiar with um, ladders as Gryphus? I want ladders to be synonymous with Seward. I haven't specifically asked her about her ladder commitments, but she's a PT, so I feel like she probably is pretty dialed in on that sort of thing. I feel like a PT would be like right there simpatico. That's my hope. You know? That, that okay, seems... What's the highest you've ever been on a ladder? Oh, not high, man. Six feet is about my max. <laughs> now, I have a serious question. I really do. So, Griff, before you lost your hair, did you part your hair on the right side or the left side? Our viewers want to know that. It went to the right. It went this way. It went to the right, right from right the left. Yeah, there was, so your a, left there was part. a part right about where this yeah, is now. Yeah, that's too bad. I suspected as much. Okay, thank you. So, Griff, if you're leaving Patient Outreach Committee, the question is, where are you moving up to in the CWIS organization? Are you, like, the next president here, or what are we What are we uh, taking you on for here? What are your, what's your new volunteer position? I, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything uh, lined up. I'm certainly not in line to be the, the president. But uh, I'll take a gig if anybody uh, wants to offer it. I, I, I love this organization. I mean, I love you guys. I love everything it's done, everything it does. So I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy you all invite me to do anything. And I'm happy to, uh, to assist however I can. So I, I, right now, I think I might be enjoying uh, at least a year of retirement. 
I don't know that I have anything. I have a lot of ideas cooking for my own projects here in my home institution. But uh, from CWIS, I intend to just be a faithful member. Now you remember, you know, some of the greats retire and come back. So see, I, I feel it. Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady. Jordan. Yeah. Oh, Jordan. no, not Tom Brady. We said good. <laughs> we said good athletes, Dr. Bauman. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Uh -huh. Yeah. What's up, Adam? Adam. Hi. You know what? I got a question for you, Griff. Are you presenting anything at CWIST, or what are these projects that you're referencing at your home? What are you, what are you working on? What are you, what's getting you all stoked? Oh, man. I got a, a student really wanted to, to do something with intrathoracic plating, so uh, we submitted a poster. So we're going to talk about our, our very limited experience with intrathoracic versus extrathoracic plating. But no, I was, uh, I'm working on, on something um, with the physical therapy department. In fact, I'm bringing two of our physical therapists to CWIS to, to see. They've never been to, you know, very few physical therapists have ever go to these conferences, understand sort of what the process of a project inception, data collection, and uh, submission is like and what it looks like on the back end. So I wanted to bring them over, help them uh, network with other, other people, get an idea of kind of how things run. And, you know, uh, I'd like to do some some really comprehensive post-injury slash post-repair disability assessment that I think will just kind of fill out the the understanding of the of the disease and, and, and our interventions. And I've got a very enthusiastic junior resident um, right now who's into 3D reconstruction and I'm putting them together with Charles Taylor. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna see if we can come up with a really good model for for rib fracture assessment. So that's what I'm doing. That's fantastic. We wanted this to be the year of Bauman. Speaking of that, I pointed out to Dr. Erickson, we had a lot of submissions. I will say that. We had a lot of submissions for scientific sessions. But I pointed out that in comparison to some years, this year, we only received your, you know, we have your poster. We received nothing from Dr. K's shop. We received nothing from Intermountain Healthcare. Nothing <laughs> from Denver Health. And nothing from what? UC Irvine on the submissions. That's crazy. Can you believe that? I know, right? Talk about like stalwarts taking the year off. So I told Erickson I thought it was time for him to throw the gauntlet down that, you know, if you know, if we were gonna make a true competition out of this next year, that I expected to see at least a couple submissions out of all of our senior leaders. So Yeah, I was gunning for the for go. the uh, scholarship. <laughs> And, and I was heartbroken. Yes. We're fleshing it out. We're adding in a couple of components to it and we're going to submit next year. Good, good. I think that's a wise idea. Yeah. And then by the time, you know, you get all of your scientific abstracts that you want to submit and Dr. K decides to come back and Dr. Piriachi decides to do a little research. I mean, what? He gets a leadership role and thinks he's too big for britches like to do research with us. Come on now. Come on now. Wow. This, that's straight. Dr. Wow. White's going to re-follow. Yeah, it's time. Like, I'm telling you, it's time to, to get some CUS faithful back to submitting manuscripts. I can't even read. Did you get anything from Chris Gow's uh, organization? <laughs> I did, and Dr. Hansen made a beautiful poster. Love it. I, I didn't read any of it because it was above my head. <laughs> no, no, I didn't expect you to, but I saw there were some pictures, so I felt good about that for you. On the subject of submissions, you know, Mark... 
that what I wanted to th throw together, uh, but I didn't want to uh, overstep my bounds. I think you'd be a great lead for it, given your, your committee positions, is the Slack survey inquiry that we talked about oh, m many months ago. Yeah. Mark and I talked about sending out a survey to uh, our membership regarding their use of Slack, how and whether it, if it's ever influenced what they do and how they do how it's impacted their their impression of uh, of the disease and and uh, approaches and i bet there's a real paper here i mean i just can't think of anything of a, of a field that's that's, that's got yes. you know so much innovation coming all at once so many different contributors in this one dedicated social media venue and how much i mean just watching you know the inner the, the interactions and the and the back and forth i, I would imagine there's been a tremendous amount of cross-pollination and and learning from each other and changing strategies. Um, I mean, how often have you guys been influenced by something that you read on Slack? Yeah, no, I, I actually like that project a lot. And I think it's meaningful because just like you said. I want to go one further. I think you should, we should do Slack, but I think we should, it's more or less, it's, it's a great paper. Like we've, we've written papers about the society, but the idea of having a society that offers expert panels and Slack where the, that like, this is something that we should, you know, embrace and actually have other societies embrace this as well. We should, I, does, does um, STS have that where they have a guy who is concerned about how he's going to approach a, a lung cancer or something? And does he have uh, a, a ability to sit down with five surgeons throughout the country who do this regularly and can guide him through the right operation? I don't think that happens. So I think that's, that's the most amazing part of what we do is that we have this, you know, expert panel that really guides people through their, their operations. Um, not just Slack is, of course, that part, but even more so when you come yeah. to, when they call upon us to all meet together to really discuss one specific patient and, and help people out. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great paper to, to and, and I'm not sure which journal would have that, but the idea of edu educational aspect of this world is flat now and everyone can, can embrace it. But this would be a good paper for ACS. Do you guys talk about Griff's kid case? Was that discussed at all from no, before we, I got here? No, we didn't talk about that. No. My what case? You want to talk about that? Your, your 11 year old. Oh yeah. I think that's an amazing case. I, I mean, I'd love to know a little more about what, what was done. Quick, like, okay, what was it? So it's 11 year old child, what was, the, what was the mechanism of injury? What was the, what, what happened? She was on a side-by-side, -side. Uh, you know, there's a kind of ATV looking golf cart things and um, out in the woods with her cousins and kid decided to, to get fancy, took a sharp turn, she flew out and then the, then the thing rolled over on top of her. And terrifyingly, they were out in the woods, far away from anybody. It took several minutes before um, the adults showed up and were able to pull this thing off of her. Small, I would say she's a she's a, a about probably average size, eleven year old kid. Very small um, for compared to many other people that, that I use usually fix. Um, but not, you know, not not tiny compared to say, uh, you know, a petite um, older woman, for example. Uh, obviously, with much better much better skeletal structure. Um, she she did okay for two days. She's over at the at the she was over at the children's hospital down the street. So I didn't hear about her until the second day that she was in the hospital. My friend reached out and said, "Hey, look, this kid's not looking great. Her her rib fractures look, are pretty terrible. What do you think?" 
And I said, you know, just well, let's talk about it tomorrow. Maybe I can come over and visit. And the next day she was she got intubated. She just wasn't moving any air. You know, secretions were building up. She wasn't able to, to cough them at all. So I went over there and talked to her parents and, and we went and did it. And Mauricio Velasquez is, is probably the, the guy who's got the most experience that I know of um, doing fracture chest wall reconstructions, non-oncologic reconstructions on, on these kids. And I talked to him about it. And you know, we have the rib clip system that I, I think you've uh, looked at, Adam, <clears throat> and um, all those, you know, the, the plates and screws. And I talked to him about it and he said, look, I've used the, the, the clips on these kids. They do great. I think that there's less of a theoretical concern for growth restriction, given that the, you know, the, the clip just sits on top as opposed to through the rib. So he recommended that I use it. And actually for the position of the fractures, it was, it was perfect. So we, uh, we did that. We fixed four paraspinous uh, fractures. And actually did use a couple of um, a couple of plates and screws on the lateral uh, ones. We did three lateral and four paris, four or five paraspinous uh, fractures. Um, the problem with the clips is you, I don't know if you know if you play with it at all, Adam. Is, it, is it's hard to get up under under tissue or under sca the scapula. You have to have yeah, a, there's not much a straight, straight angle. Yeah, much. they have one angle and a straight. So I, I couldn't access a couple of ribs with uh, with the clips. I just used placing screws. The next day, she got off the ventilator. Two days later, she was home. There's wow. a, uh, Congratulations. A trauma symposium in November that I'm going to present her at here in New Orleans, actually. Are you keeping the plates in or are you taking them So Mauricio says, no, leave them in. He, he said if, if, the, if the majority of the reconstruction was going to be done with, with plates and screws, um, consider it. But, but he says that... Um, with the with the clips, um, he said, leave, "Leave it alone." I know a couple of the people on Slack suggested scheduling uh, removal. I don't know that we need to. I mean, well, how tall is she compared to her parents? Her parents are short. Her parents are short, um, so they're they're relatively small. I, I don't think that she's going to grow a huge uh, amount more. I tell you, look, I think her her rib contour, her chest contour, is not going to change dramatically between now and you know, 21. Well, where are the growth plates? They're on the end. On the end. So as long as you yeah, don't straddle those, I don't think it matters. And yeah, they're, they're we're not straddled at all. That's what I thought as well. I, I guess if you're really small though, the, the rib will over time have to have more of an angle as you get bigger at the overall torso. So I think it, it may be worthwhile if you have like a six-year-old or something where they have a lot more to grow, they may actually affect the overall um, angles of the other rib. But I think at that age, with if she's always close to her 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 family's height, I think that makes complete sense. That's great, very cool. I'm happy the Peds Hospital approached you. Yeah, I think that's really important that there is a relationship. I've actually talked to the Peds Hospital in my in my town, and I don't think they would call me if I had if they had a patient like that. I think they would just do what they do and not even think of going out of the box and trying to help out that way. Well, it's funny because it kind of the relationship started out in the other direction. I had a couple of pediatric slip rib syndrome patients who it was problematic getting them into our hospital because we don't have a pediatric ward. We don't have really pediatric nurses. We'll, we'll typically stabilize pediatric trauma and ship it to the children's hospital. So the relationship started, I trained with these guys. So we, we, we all trained together. We all know each other. But the first kind of foray into this collaboration was a couple of pediatric patients that I talked to the to talk to them about and scheduled the the slip rib the Hansen repair over there. So so this was uh, it was kind of already established. It was a fun case. That sounds awesome. All right, Sarian, done enough damage to Patrick here. Let's move on to some updates. I love it. Well, as far as updates, 
the summit is next week. It's going to be phenomenal. So show up. And if you're not going to show up, you're going to have FOMO. That's just really, that's how it's going to be. So there's that. And we are holding a reception at the ECTES meeting on Sunday, May 7th. What is it? I've heard of STs. ECTES, is that the European? So I'm so glad you asked. We will be holding a reception at the European Congress for Trauma and Emergency Surgery, which is ECTES. Not to be confused with ESTES, which I do confuse them, but nonetheless, their meeting starts just the week right after the summit. So um, that'll be a quick turnaround. And that Sunday, May 7th, we have five CWIS members who are putting on, uh, or I mean, we're doing a guest symposium for the day at the ECTES meeting. So um, thank you to all of our CWIS members that are contributing to that. And then subsequently, you know, um, participating in the dinner and meet and greet that'll be going on that Sunday evening. So we're looking forward to that specifically. If you happen to be attending ECTES, um, which is mostly our European colleagues and friends, but um, if there's anyone else that um, has not noticed the details in the newsletter, go ahead and let me know and we'll get you the information. And then as far as other things going on in May, we still have, we have case review and I think we still have one spot open for anyone who wants to present a case. So there will be things as it turns out after the summit, the sun will still shine. It, it feels questionable right now if there will be any life after the summit. It feels like I, I, whenever I reach this point, I kind of wonder like, what am I gonna do all day after the summit's over? But as it turns out, you know, you pull your hand out of the bucket and the water rushes in and other things fill it up. So that will work out. And just really excited to see as many of our friends and colleagues as we can. I think it's going to be fantastic. Me too, Sarah. Yeah. So just to clarify, ECTES is European Congress of Trauma and Emergency Surgery. And ESTES, not ST, that's the European Society of Thoracic Surgery. And they have a meeting later in the spring. Yes. And one is a European trauma meeting and one is a European thoracic meeting. And we happen to be participating in both of those meetings this year. We have partnerships now with both societies, which is really great, building our membership and our enthusiasm across the pond, as it were, from, from where we are currently located. And I'm just delighted at, at the opportunity to continue to build more enthusiasm in that neck of the woods. So anyone that's interested in either of those meetings or interested in just visiting those locations while we happen to be there, come on over. Let's hang out. Yep. So, Very cool. Great. All right, guys, let's final stitch. Who's got a final stitch? Anything on their mind? I'll go, I'll go I guess. Did I don't know who else listened to the SIS meeting today that CWIS had. I thought it was a great showing. I mean, it was about, you know, the consensus that we, that everyone came up with about, you know, prophylaxis and then what to do with the difficult chest, you know, infected hardware and that kind of stuff. And I wanted to shout out Dr. Cartico. Dr. Falix, uh, Dr. Forrester, and Dr. Parachi. I thought it was a great meeting, and I thought it was a fun collaboration. So shout out to those folks. Great job. I'm going to do a downer. Can anyone explain to me what's going on in our world right now with so many people being shot just for, like, going into a wrong... I went to a wrong, wrong driveway just the other day to turn my car around. I didn't realize I could get shot for doing that. Well, sounds like in your city, that's particularly dangerous. Oh, no, that's only because I'm unfortunately not a, um, not, not, not a black man. And that's unfortunately, it was, it was completely, yeah, I'm, I'm not, that's, that's North Kansas City. That's a completely different world. I'm working in, on, the, on the east side now in Missouri's part, and that's crazy. 
I mean, I, I see lots of old people who fall down. Over there, we have people who get shot and get stabbed like five times a night. It's just, I know this is probably normal for Pat. I'm just like, I'm working as level one center now and I am just blown away. With, I didn't realize I lived in a city like this. So, but I just, I'm just amazed, but like, okay, fine. We have one in, in Kansas City area, but we had one in Texas, the, cheer, the cheerleader, and you have another lady who was killed for literally taking her car and, in and driving into a drive, into driveway to turn around. Like, what is happening to our society? I know. All the more reason why I don't get to know my neighbors. Just saying. That's my final stitch. The world needs more love. Okay, so my final stitch is not a downer, and it's um, it doesn't have a soundtrack associated with it, although maybe it should. Um, you guys, National Park Week starts on April 22nd. I love the national parks. I'm such a huge national park. We don't need another so, mountain. We need more love. So the park thing is irrelevant. So it's uh -huh. not overruled by Deanne sure. Warwick. We don't need another mountain, so. No, you're right. You know what? And Dion knows her stuff. So there are now 64 national parks and I have been to 14 of them and my goal is to see all of them. And I just love the national parks, you guys. I'm such a dork. But it starts on April 22nd and it goes until April 30th. It's National Park Week. And some of those days you even get into the national parks for free, which doesn't matter for me because I have an annual pass just like the 80 year olds do. But whatever. <laughs> there you go. National Park Week. <laughs> so excited. I cherish my National Park card, you guys. It's a big deal. Sarah Ann, oh my goodness. Uh, I grew up on a National Park. What National Park? Actually, on yep. the National Park? Called Reese Which Park. Which one in R -R -I -S Park. The entire peninsula that I grew up on is actually a National Park that the, the New York yeah. City bought from the federal government to allow them to build houses on it. You know what one is really cool that I did get to see was the Mammoth Cave. If you have not been to Mammoth Caves, like Google it immediately, if not sooner, and check it out. It was fascinating. And I, I'm not going to say that I don't like caves, that I didn't like caves, but I didn't anticipate liking it as much as I, I really, I kind of dug it. Isn't that in rural Kentucky? Or is it <sighs> Illinois? Indiana. You have to go there with that rural. word. She doesn't like that word, man. <laughs> rural. That's one of the that's one of the words. Moist, rural. It's on the oh. it's on the list. It's on the anti yeah. Ointment. Ointment. Sav. Yeah. Sav. It's all on there. All words you will hear okay. during the presidential uh, speech. Yeah, Zach's. If you work sav into your presidential speech. Yeah, Zach, how's it going? I'm gonna be shocked. You want me to give it right now? No, Is no. <laughs> I just want you to tell us that you're. At least well, I did want to get with. your slides when, but when they were due back, you know, on April eighth. But you know, I mean, I wouldn't rush you. They're only twelve days late at this point. Okay, I've read it like twenty five <laughs> times like, now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a little bit stressful. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't rush into yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, it snuck up on you so fast. It's not like you only had three hundred and sixty five days to get it done. So. Hmm. <laughs> It's really those last minute pesky tasks that just really <laughs> bite you in the ass. <laughs> 365 days later. All right, let's wrap this up. Griff, do you got a final stitch? Final stitch. You know, just again, uh, I want to shout out to the, uh, to the great crawfish in which we are this season right now. And it's a booming season. They are delicious. And the best part, it, you, you can't just, you know, have a quick meal. It's an all-day affair. Brings a lot of people together. It's a big communal 
eating festival and it's wonderful and i hope you guys any of you all of you you should come down to new orleans sometime during crawfish season and and i'll throw you a crawfish boil because they're they're great you go catch them yourself just you catch them yourself no <laughs> no man it's true okay we've done enough damage hey griff it's good to see you man good to see you too man see you next week yeah it's great to see you we'll see you next week <laughs>